Discover a healthier, happier you with Veganuary 2024. Your health isn't just small potatoes, it's a big deal. So this January, you are invited to make a change that matters by trying Veganuary's 31-Day Vegan Challenge. Switching to a plant-based diet reduces your carbon footprint and makes a positive impact for animals. Every meal is a vote for the kind of world you want to create. Ready to make a change? Sign up today at Veganuary.com. Vote for veggies. Right now at Safeway, save on all your favorite home scents and cleaning products for a fresh, clean home. Shop for deals on items like Glade candles and plug-ins, Febreze air fresheners, Clorox cleaners, Swiffer wet cloths, or Scotch-Brite sponges. Plus, deck the halls and shop for deals on items like mini light sets, holiday wrapping paper, holiday candles, and holiday cards. Offer expires December 26th. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for full offer details. You're listening to Custard TV. Yes, you are indeed listening to the Custard TV podcast as we take a fond look back at the year that was, 2012, and the month that was, April. What was the weather like in April last year? Cloudy. What was it? All, all yeah. April. All, all April. Yeah. Cloudy. Yeah. Uh, with me, I'm joined by. Uh, I'm Luke, by the way. I'm run the website thecustardtv.com. I am joined by, as always, Gary. Good evening. Not evening. Good day. <laughs> I don't know. Good day, good. Sir. Hi. <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> Can I do that again? No, no. Fine. Yeah. As always, I'm joined by Gary. Hi. And Matt with two T's. Hi there, Luke. With one L. Unless I go Welsh. Luke with one L, but silent, a silent V. Yeah. Um, so, 2012, very strong year uh, for uh, TV drama and TV in general. If you want to find out what we said about January to March, you can find that by visiting the CustardTV.com's podcast page or by checking out our Spreaker links as well at Spreaker.com. April saw the return of a few... Um, American favourites like The Killing US, Revenge, and you two love Game of Thrones, didn't you? Yes. Yes. Why? <laughs> Would you like us to say more than that? <laughs> well, well, no, the thing, the thing is, what people don't know is we've already recorded twice. Yeah. And I, I, I was... I said, though, it was that long I, ago. I was bored the first time we started about talking about Game of Thrones, so... Really, you to have to sit through well. it a third time is just... I don't get paid anything for this, and I feel I should. Why did you? Why do you love Game of Thrones? I think it's the the multitude of characters and storylines that blend so well together, and and then crisscross at various times yeah. and all come together. You know that kind of American way in which they draw stories together towards a big climax. Uh, and Matt, I know you particularly liked the the, the big second to last episode, which was the I big did battle. The, the big battle with all the sort of the fire on the sea and everything, and. Just it just built up to a great sort of climax in the penultimate episode. The final episode was a bit sort of, you know, yeah. it wasn't as good. It was a bit of an anticlimax, but it sort of set things up nicely for this series. And I just think it's it's so well acted, and it's got yeah. so many sort of famous faces in it. It's just really really good. Do you know what people in listening to this now will be wondering? And I'm going to take it upon myself to ask you Why on their behalf. No, it's more. Oh. Does Matt have any furniture in that room? Yeah. Why? It just. It's. It sounds like you're sitting. I just imagine you just sat at a lonely computer in a in Aww. a white box. I just don't like to think of. I'm going to buy you a chest of drawers. 
That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> start a PayPal campaign. <laughs> also, the... Uh... Start, a, start a Just Giving page. <laughs> well, I've, 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 I've just moved into a new house. I could do with a few things. Can I, can I add to this list? No? Also, talk, talk to me about the American version of The Killing as well. Uh, it, it's very... His first episode is it was almost a shot by shot remake of the the Danish version, but then it begins to differ, uh, and actually the the killer in the killing uh, is different. They they chose a different ending or a different way to go, uh, and it focused far more on the politics than, than my memory of the Danish version. Uh, it was cancelled after two series. This first series showed in April. The second series I think was just in uh, sort of October or November, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, over here, but there is now talk of it coming back on on Netflix in America. Well, I think it uh, is. Actually, it's it's, it's going to happen, isn't it? It's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen, Gary. Believe it. I'm, it will I'm, happen. No, I I was one of those people that, as a big Killing fan, I was like, oh, I'm not going to like this. And then actually, it was different enough for me to like. But in the second series, it really it really went it down. Just went, it just went a bit dreary, didn't it? Yeah. I think they they found it hard to recreate the mood of the of the Danish one, and they did that by just making it all rain all the time and just. Well, it, it does in Seattle anyway. Yeah, right? but it was just, it just came across as sort of we can't create like this natural sort of mood, so we have to just make it as dreary as possible, and I, it didn't really work for me. Uh, there was a couple of things I liked about it. Uh, Michelle Forbes, who played the mother, was very good, yes. and um, uh, obviously Sarah Lund showing up in the uh, first episode of the second series was quite interesting, just to sort of talk to herself. It was. Uh, but I think the main actress they chose to play, Sarah Lund, mm. in the American version, was very dull. Yeah, uh, she was. And, and she wasn't she a lot about her. And I think that didn't help them. So no one really empathised with her in the same way that you do with Sarah Lund. Sarah well. Lund, no. Not How well did this do for Channel 4? Um, they did move it around the schedule mm. in series two, so I'm guessing it probably didn't get huge ratings. But I think the first series did okay. They certainly hyped it pl pl plenty. <laughs> I think he's <laughs> got for you to say. Probably, you know, bobbing either side of a million viewers, which is all right for Channel Four, I suppose. They don't. Yeah. I mean, Channel Four's sort of record viewing figures are about two and a half, aren't they? They're not. Yeah. It was on a yeah. Thursday night, wasn't it? Which is a yeah. reasonably good night for them, you know. Wednesday. I'm not sure. I think the second Wednesday. series was on Wednesday. I think the first, I don't know, other way around maybe, but certainly the latter part of the week. Yeah. Midweek. Agree on that. Uh, with news that the uh, Sky Atlantic folk are definitely remaking the bridge, tell me why that was worthy of a mention for April. Because it was amazing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was one of the the best dramas certainly of last year, um, and it was based around the bridge between Sweden and Denmark. Uh, that there was a uh, very sort of s uh, slow, would you call it, saga Noren, uh, very sort of not in Derek terms. Not in Derek terms. No, no. she she was no. she she certainly had a version of Asperger's syndrome. Asperger's, right. She was very. Okay. Very unaware, very detail, yeah. Very detail orientated, but then very socially inept. So in one, in one scene, she walked into her office and took her top off in front of everybody to to take to change her top. And that's the sort of thing that Asperger's people do. They're not aware of others around them. They just get on with their own thing. And obviously, the uh, Danish detective was uh, Mar Martin, the sort of womanizing, yeah, uh, very jovial copper who d just had a vasectomy. Uh, do you know what hurts? Do you know what hurts? Do you know what hurts? Is we've this like I just said, this will be the third time we recorded this. There was a and good we did, joke we did some cracking vasectomy jokes and I can't Crap. remember any of them. I think it was we I didn't just, want to be around when the clapper boy shouted cut. 
but it wasn't quite as, it was better than that. It was better than that because I thought that. of it. Um, yeah, I'm sure there was something to do with Cracker in there. There uh, was, well. Yeah, oh, imagine how this could have been if you'd have heard it the first time. Uh, speaking of uh, people with Asperger's and conditions of such, Louis Theroux was back as well in April uh, with two uh, fantastic documentaries under the title of Extreme Love. He looked into uh, dementia and the aforementioned Asperger's disease. Well, and it was it, just it actually, fascinating. It was, it was autism he looked into rather oh, than... Uh, oh, uh, because there was one about Asperger's as that well. That was another um, time, I think. That was he, another he, time. My apologies, yeah. Yeah. But it, either way, it, they were just two very well done, very warm, very sweet, but very entertaining and educational documentaries. And Louis Theroux, I just think, is just a fascinating character on his own. I and mean, really we gets... and you talked about this an awful lot on the podcast when, when we were doing it in April. I'd be keen to know what Matt thought. The only one I saw the Louis Theroux ones was the, uh, the porn stars one. That, why didn't you? Did you not watch it because there's so much moron? Or yeah, I just think. It? Yeah, there I, I think. So I just watch... Did you not watch it because you're a moron? <laughs> <laughs> well, that goes as red. That's red. I that goes as red. I planned to and didn't, or something. I, I definitely, okay. you know, it isn't a Louis Theroux isn't a sort of go out my way to watch something, but I do enjoy oh, his I, programs. I, I definitely do go out the way yeah. of, of, for watch stuff. I mean, there's no. He also did, as you rightly say, he did a documentary on porn. I wouldn't watch a documentary on porn unless Louis Theroux no. was in it. And it and it wasn't a new well, it was a new documentary, but it was like a sequel, a follow up, going back to see people. Yeah, it, it was sort of half it. half that and half like why is there you know why is the porn industry failing now and all that and looking at sort of the new ways. Yeah, it's bouncing out with I, the internet. I didn't watch the original, but the no, thing I didn't. That I funniest was the fact that he interviewed a guy who said, "Yeah, I." I go on to set every day, but I can't make connections. I haven't had a girlfriend in a very long time. Yeah, and you try—they try to make you feel sorry for this guy. Um, and it's, it's like all the male porn stars were a bit sort of uh, emotionally sort of drained, but all the the women knew sort of when they were going to get out of it, and you know, it's pro- planned, yeah, plan to put their money to good use. Yeah, or some of them were sort of going through college and things like that, weren't they? Yeah, there was a lot of that. Mm. But the back to the extreme love series. Um, the dementia one was particularly heart wrenching. Um, you know, they showed they showed a dementia home. I think you went mostly around a couple of places in America, didn't they? Um, but they showed, uh, and even in the autism one, you know, they showed schools that were specially set up for children with autism and how. But they were like, you know, we want to integrate them into American society. So I think one of them showed a young man who was just about to be, you know, sort of sent out into the world and his fears and anxieties about having to sort of go to a normal, you know, what he called a normal school um, were, were very well done. And, and Louis, Louis's very good at getting in contact with people and get, being part of his production. You know, he doesn't just sit back and commentate, he gets his hands dirty. Uh, I think that's um, why I like him so much. It's also worth mentioning, and it, and it probably is worth mentioning, I think we talked about it, at the time, I'm not quite sure why Louis feels the need to always go to the States because the subjects are relevant in yeah. the UK as well and all around the world. Those are two subjects that are, are very relevant and very uh, part of everyday life. So why Louis always takes us to America, I'm not sure. Maybe in the future you might do something UK-based or in Australia or somewhere else that we haven't seen. I mean, the UK-based stuff he did was kind of like well, not, you know, the Jimmy Savile and the Paul yeah. Daniel. Whoa, whoa, Clifford. Gary. Yeah, exactly. So, well, no, yeah, whoa. Saying, you know, you that, saw what trouble the tweenies got in. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. 
Uh, Whoa! It's the Teletubbies. Uh, Please it. pull back that horse. <laughs> that <laughs> saddle stallion that's on which that's you that's ride. That's the Please UK pull... stuff that he's done, isn't yeah. it? It's that mm. he, he yeah. Sort of the meat Louis Theroux. Does he live in the US, though, or does he live in the UK? No, he lives in the UK. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sure I saw that he's going to redo the the most horrible family again. He's going to go and revisit no, he, him again. He or can't he see him. That? He's already done it. I doubt he'd do it does a he? third time. He's not recording a podcast. Oh, well, I doubt he'd need to do it three times. Like somewhere that they were showing that or something, but... Um, yeah, so yeah, Louis Theroux, also just briefly in April, Derek, which is now on Channel 4 and we talked about in great depth on the last podcast, that had a pilot in April that spawned this new series, a great series you can get on DVD now, one night, a new, or, it was new in April, uh, <laughs> four far drama, just brilliantly done, uh, you can read my review and uh, an interview with the writer I did all the way back in April, also the last series of Simon Amstel's Grandma's House was on in April, which uh, Matt and I both enjoyed, and Indeed. Gary wanted to throw a knife at, which <laughs> yeah. takes us quite nicely into May. Indeed. Uh, May was a bumper month. There wasn't a lot starting, but the, what started was really good. So first of all... What? Had, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Can I rewind? No, you can't carry on. No, go on. And that leads us very nicely into May. Right. Uh, May was a great month. Not a lot of content, but what was there was really good. First off, one of the dramas of the year, according to our podcast, yes. was, uh, was Silk Series 2, just, uh, just, which just shows... Often I'll go up to um, where my DVDs are, yeah, and I'll just take Silk off the shelf uh-huh. and just hug it for a few minutes. Okay, while I do this review, uh, a bit, bit about uh, Silk, uh, you can uh, hug no, it. and then I'll just put it back, and that just makes me feel all right. It is just—I I wouldn't say it's flawless because nothing is, yeah. but well, it, it's, it's close, close to it to for it. me. Obviously, uh, Rupert Penry Jones, Maxine Peak. Yay! Yeah, to get that right. Uh, and Neil Stuke, uh, Luke interviewed as part of the I website did. back in May yeah. last. I did. You can still get that interview. The storylines were fantastic. Yeah. The characters are fantastic. The performances are fantastic. They brought new people in, so we got to see. Um, uh, forgot his name. Sean Evans. Yay! <laughs> I'm two for two uh, into the plot, and he was really good. But I think for me, the plot that really hit home was the Neil Stooks character. Yeah. Um, he, he's kind of wheeler dealing uh, lawyer, you know, sort of a chambers right. manager, and the journey that he went on, turning out that he's got uh, was it prostate cancer? It, it was, was a can- yeah, it was a cancer. Yeah. And how yeah. throughout the series you thought was he going to tell the others? Uh, and there were other good storylines, bringing in a, a, a new lawyer with a drinking problem. Francis uh, Barber was really fantastic. good. Uh, 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 Rupert Penry Jones uh, going out with Luther's wife. What I like about um, Rupert Penry Jones in this is it's the first time really because he's known for spooks and Whitechapel and all these other things his Silk character is really quite humorous. Yeah. He gets to be a bit funny in this. And he, he does do funny fish, really well. Really. He's, yeah. a bit, he's, mm. a bit of a ca- he's a gentleman coward. And a yeah. pad and a bounder. Matt, yeah. what did you think of Silk? I, I absolutely agree with both of you. I thought it was it was so much more of an improvement on the first series, which did have its moments, but I think the first series suffered from having the two younger characters in it, which they sort of eliminated in series two and brought in, as you say, Francis Barber and uh, Phil Davis as the really sort of dodgy yeah, uh, crime family lawyer, and he was excellent in it as well, just really, really creepy. Um, and yeah, Penry Jones was amazing in it, and Maxine Peake was. But again, Neil Stook for me was the was the standout. 
And it might have my favourite score as well. I love, mm. I love the Sherlock yeah, score, but I love the Silk score as I well. I think is it done by the Silk score done by the same guy as the Apprentice, like incidental. I don't know. I'm not sure. Vaguely about that. But, but I will uh, like to say, but I just do 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 well, uh, I do know they haven't started filming it yet, so it's uh, unlikely they were going to get so it in maybe April. In the autumn, maybe they'll. Yeah, because mm. for something usually Whitechapel starts filming in November. That's only just started filming a few weeks ago, so oh, that right. takes up Rupert Henry Jones's time. Next time we'll see Maxine Peake is when she stars in a new drama um, with John Sim, who I also think is fantastic uh, called The Village that is going to be on oh. very soon so yeah Silk if you want to listen to all the past podcasts in May we talk about it every week with as much vigour yeah. and excitement yeah I think and so, I have to I have to credit Luke uh, for this one and you know it pains me to do this but I didn't watch Silk Series 1 and I really got into Silk via, via Luke if nagging I, if, I, if I remember you didn't enjoy episode 1 well, there were elements right to of the episode very one. I think, I think I thought it dragged out, but as soon as it got into episode two, it, it really sort of came alive for me. So, Moving on, um, another minor hit that unfortunately got cancelled in America is Awake, starring Jason Isaacs. And this was a wonderful premise. It was a, a show about a guy who had a car accident and uh, had a split personality. So in one reality... Uh, his wife died and his son survived the car accident and he's a police officer and he's seeing a therapist and in another reality his son died and his wife lived and he's a police officer and seeing a therapist so Jason Isaac plays this very confused character who is leading this kind of double life and begins to investigate and I think the show sort of culminates with him investigating the crash um, and it was such a high concept but the Americans just didn't get it did and it get an it, ending? Did it get a, yes, re- I believe a resolution? So. I, I have someone who's watched all 12 episodes and it does get a kind of conclusion. So uh, was I it the cat it that actually died? Been, sorry? The cat died. The cat died, and yeah, and he's <laughs> a cat. Uh, uh, so that's, yeah, that was the conclusion. Uh, did either of you two catch this one? I, I did watch the first one. Yeah, yeah, I watched the first one as well. I mean, I think yeah. the concept was probably better than the show. But oh, I do I think as well. Uh, some, I know, as I say, I know someone who's watched all of them, and it got better. It got less confusing. It was also uh, surprisingly bleak. I know, of course, it's about a car accident, and I don't expect him to break into song at any point. But it was, it was just really bleak, and it was ironic that it was called Awake because it really had nothing in it to keep you awake. They did the oh, the car oh, accident geez. at the start of the show that sort of. Because that's what annoys me. Typical American style. They do the car accident straight away. You don't get any. You don't learn anything about yeah. any of the characters to start with. To to care about who lives or dies. They do the car accident to grab yeah, you, and you, then the, you, the next forty minutes. You do minutes. get that to get. You do get to care who lives or dies because you meet both the wife and the yeah. son in these two realities. I don't care. Gar- I don't care who lives oh, or dies, Gary. Well. They could all. Let's just well, no, kill I, them I all. Just, uh, my thoughts were that I enjoyed. I enjoyed it, but I just it didn't give me enough really to sort of stick with it. I thought Jason yeah. Isaacs was excellent in the yeah. lead role. It was and just a bit al- too much going on. I think that's. And you were point. already behind on All Star Mr. and Mrs. Well, well I was, anyway. yeah, yeah. So well, that's right. And, and uh, celebrity coach. <laughs> 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 Moving on, uh, sure, the return of episodes on BBC Two. Uh, this is the, the self-referential show that's about the making of a show within a show, uh, starring Stephen Mangum and... Uh, At Joe least Jones. all of them are alive in it. 
we we think this is true. Yes, none of them yeah. are seeing a therapist, and there were no car accidents <laughs> that we're aware of. Uh, who's, the, who's the woman, the lead woman? I think. Yasmin Greg. Greg. Yasmin Greg. Uh, of uh, Yasmin Greg. Greg. Both her and Stephen Mangan were obviously in Green Wing, which I know Luke likes a lot. Oh, uh, yeah. So he was probably hoping for some sort of you know car well, down a hallway action or something. That's uh, what it needed. It needed something. The problem with episodes is I liked everyone in it. I like the premise, especially as, as the time I lived in the U- U.S. and a lot of U.K. shows were being remade. Mm. I completely related with that. It's just it wasn't very good. It was quite crass, yeah. quite rude, and it just wasn't... Oh, I don't know. I just was... I, it was one of those things where you think you want to like it more than you actually do, and I really didn't. I enjoyed uh, Series 2, I have to say. Um, oh. that, series 1 made me... I, I felt a bit uncomfortable in series one. I think that was it. The like the British actors didn't seem to have that much of a, you know, didn't connect that much with the dialogue. But I think mm. by the time you got into series two, um, they, it was a lot more wittier. I thought series two. There were still some issues, but I, I liked it that like the two couple who'd split up at the end of series one had, were trying to sort of move on, and those sort of stories were quite good. Um. um. That's but yeah, I like Tams and Greg a lot, a mm. lot, a lot, a lot. But it's just, and, and Stephen Mangan, I think they're both brilliant. But the problem is, I just, no, I didn't like episode, and and there the same sort of thing with Hit and Miss, which I know you're going to move. Well, on oh, yeah, it's just coming on to Hit and Miss. I mean, this was the first of of a Sky Atlantic made program uh, that they actually put money into themselves, and it was a transgender. Uh, Hitman hit or Hitwoman. I don't know whether that's a Hitman or a Hitwoman because uh, she's transgender. Starring Chloe, it's a hit person. A hit person, yes, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Starring Chloe Savigny, and this kind of lasted six episodes. How is that the only name you can say? I can't well, even it, say. Come on, it's your memorable Chloe Savigny. I thought it was Chloe Savigny. Well, well whatever. Yeah. My pronunciation is not, not in question. Steve. <laughs> Chloe Savinovity. Uh, <laughs> so th- this got quite a lot of plaudits and I think was well received by writers and, and people that watched it, but didn't get so many good ratings, didn't get particularly good ratings, probably because it's on Sky Atlantic, which is, you even have to have just Sky, you can't have uh, Virgin get Sky mm. Atlantic. Um, and I think that hurt them. But um, anybody watching much of this? I know Luke, you probably I watched saw the pilot, the first three. I saw the first three, again, Why I liked it. Why didn't finish it? Why didn't I finish it? I think... Um, I don't think I cared enough to finish it. Mm. I, it was one of those things where if there was if there was nothing else to watch, I would you know go back to hit and miss. But I, I didn't like I didn't warm to Chloe in the role. I know it was a difficult role for any actress to take on, but I didn't yeah. warm to her. In and it. she sort of slagged off the British weather and stuff, didn't she? She said she didn't like yeah. filming over yeah, here. Yeah, she didn't like yeah. doing it. So I did read that. So, there were so various yeah, other um, uh, were Sky, Sky productions throughout the year. One of them is a uh, Starlings was a comedy, wasn't it, or a, a, a comedy, comedy drama? drama. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> did anyone? One of my least favourite on one. One of my least favorite phases, comedy. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. 
Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives for newly appointed agents. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the United States Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov careers usbp. That's cbp.gov careers usbp. Drama. It really yeah. is. I don't like that phrase at all. But I quite enjoy. I, I enjoy Starlings. Um, I thought it was a, a nice little sort of Sunday evening. It was. Oh, is it no, Leslie Sharp. Leslie Sharp. Thought uh, you were on fire. I know. Steve Edge from Phoenix Nights. Matt King from Peep Show. It had quite a, a good cast, and it was. It was just a very charming sort of sound. I know Luke likes to use that word a lot. Charming. I do, and I, I, that's one charming you owe me back in the charming okay. bank. <laughs> the charm off. My parents yeah. watched this, and I, I, I don't know if that was a good barometer of whether I should have or not. It, it was. It was a very sort of traditional show, but one that had a bit, you know, had a bit of spark to it because uh, Matt King and Steve Edge wrote it, so it wasn't over sort yeah. of sentimentalised. And it, I just think it, it was just a nice program to watch, and it was well written, well observed, set in Derbyshire. They nice carved themselves this niche mm. this year of producing shows like this because I mean Stella will come on to Moonboy and things like that. They seem oh. to have got. They seem to have gone back and started to do these very charming dramas. Yeah, uh, I think as well the they cafe. let they let the writers sort of have free reign over it, and I think had this had the um, the two writers gone to the BBC with this, I think it, they'd have to have done a lot of things different from what they've done for Sky and I think maybe that's but, why a lot of the Sky stuff but has But putting Stella and Moonboy and uh, the cafe aside, those three I really enjoy, I think where Sky have gone a little bit wrong is yeah. they've got these big names and they've, they, they're they putting them on regardless of the quality of stuff because well, it that, doesn't that, matter that, that happens sometimes that you get yeah. to, mm. in America there's an actor called Nathan Fillion who's now in Castle and Not the Nathan Fillion. The Nathan Fillion. Of the old it, Nathan Fillion's fish and chip shop in... Uh, uh, off off Main Street, yeah. Uh, um, right, yeah. <laughs> basically, he was basically given shows so that they owned his contract. The television station owned his contract and would just put him in shows until he found one that worked. And I think you're right. That seems a little bit like Sky do. They buy actors rather than... Yeah. No. I'm talking more about the writers than the actual. Well, Matt, we're t- we've moved on, Matt. <laughs> talking of moving on and talking of the BBC that we did a minute ago, I know that Matt uh, are fought heavily to have Tales of Television Centre put on this document. Did I? Why? Why did you? No. What, <laughs> why did you fight heavily? Did I, I, don't, I don't remember having a fight with anyone, but no, I just I really enjoyed this document. <laughs> documentary about uh, te- television centre. I thought it was re- very well produced. They went through every sort of segment of television centre individually and talked about sort of like, so you had the cafe, you had the dressing room. Stella, Moonboy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that pretty much brings us to the end of May, so I shall hand over to uh, Matt. Can, can I just say about um, the Tales oh, of Television Centre very quickly? They did two versions of it, didn't they, Matt? They did one yeah. that you could watch with your parents and then one that was really rude. No, I didn't know that. Uh, Which one did you watch? The one that was really rude. (laughs) Did you watch it with your parents? Yes, because I'm kind of... I'm a maverick. Jimmy Savile version and the non-Jimmy Savile version, yeah. But all that that documentary did display is is the fact that I was really upset that that they are losing Television Centre. It's it's part of my childhood watching that. Certain charm to it. Again, Stop IT- saying charm! I might need to <laughs> use it. Is it has it been bought by ITV or something? Oh no, that's um, that's another studios, isn't it? Sorry, yeah, I, don't, I, yes, I don't know. Let's move on. Okay, Matt, moving on. What to happened you. in June? 
Written in a day. Uh, I, I'm honestly not sure what this was. I think it was a docu one-off documentary. Can I just, I'll just very briefly summarise it. Uh, the producers put out for uh, people with phones, video cameras, to just film whatever they were doing during the oh, day. Oh, yes. I, I, saw the, I saw Life in a Day. Is that, was that the same sort of thing? This it's the same Britain thing, except, except Britain in a Day was far more intriguing, and it took a while to get going. took a while to get used to the fact that it was jumping around, but once you got into it, it's probably one of my favourite bits of TV. It's like 90, a YouTube channel. It's 90 minutes that zoom by very quickly. Wasn't there on a YouTube? Isn't there a YouTube channel? Oh yeah, I think it was, and it felt like. Do you remember there was a television, uh, a cable television network called something like um, Content or something, or Google? It was something written that guy by by Al Gore, and it was like, come on well, and share current. your videos, and yeah, and that, like, and it's like a constant stream of of, of little videos, of like that. So. Yeah. So that was Britain in a day. That was was worth note, worth mentioning. Okay, Blackout, which was which I did watch all the first episode of, which was the uh, new drama Christopher Eccleston starred. It was sort of a uh, political conspiracy thriller. He was this sort of alcoholic councilman who did dodgy backroom deals, and then somehow uh, he did something heroic and um, got really good press and started running for. I think it was. Mayor or something like that. City did council he? leader or mayor. City council leader or something yeah. like that. Um, I really liked this. Did you enjoy that? Yeah. Yeah, I really like this. This had a comic book feel to it, like a graphic novel feel mm. to it. Certainly in the way it was shot. They did these very dazzling shots of um, of Christopher Eccleston looking down these huge skyscrapers yeah, uh, in Birmingham. And um, also very good in this was um, the guy out of uh, Trainspotting. Ah. You're in Birmingham. Yes, Ewan Bremner was very good as the evil kind of guy yeah. behind the scenes pulling all the strings. I quite like my political shows, and this was quite good. I think it suffered a bit that it was very closely on along with uh, Line of Duty that we'll talk about, and, and suffered a little bit in comparison, uh, e even though it's not really that similar, but I think just because it was on the BBC at the same was time. It but I really liked it. Or three I think it was three. two or three, I think. It was three. Yeah. Three. And it was the last big sort of drama they could fit in before uh, well, the Olympics as well. Yeah. Uh, Falling Skies, is this, Gary, is this you? Cause I, yeah, I, so this was the yeah. second series of the Steven Spielberg Alien Invasion one. Um, it's very similar to The Walking Dead, except it's aliens, not zombies. Uh, it's got Noah Wiley out of ER in it, and uh, I quite like it, and in the second series it really did get very good. They started to connect up the fact that there were other survivors on the planet, uh, and Rebellion, and, and, and it was really, really good, and it set up very well for Series 3 that we came back to the Fox Channel. I could learn a lot from that, because I could learn a lot from that, because we've written this down as a bit of a guide, and he's going in order. Yeah. Which is, yeah, well, I, bet he, I bet he goes Alan Partridge next. Alan Partridge, yeah. Well, we're talking about Sky, at Sky sort of letting people have sort of free reign over things. We've got two from Sky Atlantic. Uh, Alan Partridge they brought back, which obviously um, is, you know, the famous character Steve Coogan plays. Uh, there was two, there was um, a book programme, I think, and Welcome to the Places in My Life, which was a... I was very sceptical about this, but I really enjoyed it mm. in the end. I remember really you saying that when it was on. I remember you saying you, would, you almost didn't want to watch it in case it was bad. I think they almost breathed new life into the Partridge character, I would say. Um, and of course, they did Morning Matters after mm. that as well, but which had been aired online before, I think. But Steve Coogan's always been so saying, you know, I don't really want to go back to Alan Partridge. I mm. don't think there's any, you know, I don't want to be forever associated with him. But these were brilliant. And they're doing more Morning Matters now, aren't they? And they're doing a film as well. Yeah. yeah. 
and uh, Walking and Talking, which was paired alongside uh, Alan Partridge on uh, on Sky Atlantic, and another example of Sky letting sort of uh, the writer take free reign. This was Kathy Burke's story about her childhood, oh, and it was yes. basically two girls walking and talking, her younger self and a friend of hers, just walking home from school. You know, See, I can't use sweet concept. again. I can't use sweet or charming now, can I? You use sweet. Can I? What, can I, all right. I found it. I did find it endearing. Yeah. It's not going to set the world alight because at the end of the day, it was just as it, as they say, walking and talking. Yeah. But it but it was very well written. I really connected to both of the characters. And if you're going to have two characters on screen all the time, you need to like them. You need to care about them. And you need to know who they are. And it was it was just. I mean, I wasn't around in the era that Kathy set this sort nah. of early late seventies, early eighties. Wasn't my era. Um, but yeah, I just I found I really connected with it. And it's a shame she won't be doing any more. But. Uh, is she not? I didn't know that. No, she's not. Well, she, has she sent you an email about it? No, no, not yet. No, I have no one either. No. No. Um, also, I'm, now I'm going to sort of divert briefly from the, from the script just to go Ooh. down to the bottom to link in uh, Veep. Yes. Oh, see what he does. On, I could learn a lot. You could learn a lot here. You I could learn a lot. The comic line-up of, with Alan Partridge and with Walking and Talking was Veep, which was Amanda Iannucci's new... Uh, American-based political satire. Yeah, and this had, stands for yeah. Vice President, doesn't it? It's the yeah. nickname for the VP. Yeah, and they had uh, Julie Louis-Dreyfus. Is that how you said Julia Louis-Dreyfus? Julia Louis-Dreyfus, I uh, think. And I, I know you're Steve. from uh, Seinfeld, which I know Gary's a big fan of. And yes. uh, she was the very sort of inept, ineffectual uh, Vice President, Selena Meyer. Much of a Mickey take of the Sarah Palin appointment, really. Mm. You know, there's someone who's yeah, completely, completely unaware. Uh, but it's very, very good and very and funny. I, and very I think they had a good ensemble backing her up as sort of her staff. And I like the guy from Arrested Development who. Uh, yes. Who, he's almost playing the same part as he did in Arrested Development. Yeah. Erotic. But he's sort of the assistant in this. And also uh, Anna Kunsky from My Girl making sort of a rejuvenated ah, yes, appearance as her chief of staff. Uh, I just but, yeah. found it really weird to, to, I know, the thick of it sort of become known as. As as much about his politics as about its swearing, and for some reason the swearing in Veep really jarred with me. I don't know why. I think because it was Americans. I think I think yeah. It's, yeah, and and actually that was quite shocking in America. Or even though it's on HBO over there, isn't it? Uh, which Showtime. is well known or Showtime, well known for its. No, I think uh, well known for its. You know, <laughs> what's it well like, known for? <laughs> Well, no, but that, you know they don't. They don't. They, those cable channels use language, you know, and, and sexuality and, and yeah. violence a bit more. Like we talk about Game of Thrones, you know, they, it, it you, to, to shock and as a method. Whereas on the main networks, they can't do that. I really liked Veep. Uh, yeah, I watched I did, it pretty yeah. pretty much in one go uh, when um, I got it. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward. They're, they're, they're shooting series two right now. Uh, I follow I follow Julia Louise Dreyfus on on Twitter. Still. Terrifying, terrifying. I'm guessing dog. Gary Royal Pains is this is this another? Yeah, one? we we could move on from this one. It's a, it's a medical yeah. drama about a guy who gets struck off and uh, becomes a concierge doctor in the Hamptons. It's a nice, simple drama. I like it because it's uh, I think as we mentioned, it's charm. Charming. Stop! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You've not copyrighted the word, Luke. Sorry. I will. Didn't you see my episode of Dragons Den? <laughs> thing that I don't think you can describe as charming was Dead Boss, the BBC Three sitcom. This was from uh, Sharon Horgan uh, of describe Pulling and Holly mm. Walsh. And Holly Walsh, yes, the, oh, the, yeah, hilarious. 
Because I watched the first couple and I thought I, it was a bit jarring between... It was sort of her... She got uh, sent to prison for killing her boss, something she didn't do. And it was sort of a, a mixture of like a prison movie, prison show spoof, and like this uh, like macabre mystery about who actually did kill the boss. And I don't think the sort of the two... Different I think styles. It quite well, there was a little bit of the British Empire about it. You know, there was a bit farcical. Oh, come on. No, but like in the good days of oh, the British Empire. Oh, God, Sharon Horgan, if you're listening, my no, apologies. My opinions are my opinions. Uh, but I really liked it. There were some lovely little touches. She used to get a letter each week from another prisoner, mm. a prison pen pal, and there were just more and more disgusting yeah. things that he wanted to do. I like Jennifer kind of ongoing jokes. Yes, Jennifer Saunders was very good, and the other prison officers were very good as well. Mm. Just sort of say that Sharon Horgan has had that and pulling both picked up by US networks, so um, oh, really? you can watch the pull. US I'm, version I'm bad of for pulling because I really enjoyed that. And obviously, Dennis Kelly, who wrote it with her, is now uh, doing Utopia. Um, yeah, well, Matt. Moving on to uh, one I know we all enjoyed, Line of Duty. Uh, Utopia on... doesn't exist in the land we're in at the minute. Oh, no, June, June uh, 2012. Uh, Line of Duty. Uh, I think it was a favourite of all of ours, yes. Uh, uh, cop drama with Larry James, uh, Neil Morrissey. Sort of, uh, he he was being uh, investigated for corruption, Larry James's character, Tony Gates. I just thought it was a very um, well-produced drama. I don't know, anyone else got any thoughts? Well, Gary may have some, but we've lost him off the call. Um, and I'm I'm still here, but I loved Line of Duty. It took me a while to get into it. it took me a while to to really understand where it was going. But once it did, that was yeah. Brilliant. I think I mean I love the Vicky McClure character as well. I think she uh, added quite a lot to it in terms of her allegiances between the you know the main group of male officers and the investigating force that that they were part of. Another thing it picked up on was that. Uh, you know, that paperwork that policemen have to do. That I'm was kind of big... interested to see where where they could take a yeah, second series. Yeah, they're doing series. a second series, aren't they? Yeah. With, uh, uh, and I know I ruined it for you, Line of Duty, as you well. You did, rather, because I, <laughs> I kind of stopped it while the um, while the, the Olympics were on and kind of came back to it. But I don't know where they can take it, uh, really. I think they might just investigate someone else. That might just be it, like the... Martin Compton and Vicky McClure characters, and even like Neil Morrissey with his limp was very good in it. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, who doesn't like a limp in Morrissey? Yeah, even though he didn't uh, turn it into a policeman behaving badly. Uh, yeah, I kind of, I wouldn't have minded that though, even <laughs> if he did. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, also, with uh, Vicky McClure in June was uh, True Love, a series of um, five dramas. Connected by certain characters over five nights. Uh, this was one that I found very, very patchy. Uh, there was a really good episode in the middle with Billy Piper. That was the best played, one. That was she the played best a uh, lesbian school teacher. Well, she wasn't a lesbian per se, was she? She she fell in love with a female student. I think that was the the le the length of them was really problematic yeah. because when you got into it, it was finished. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the last one, which had David Morrissey in, he, it was literally 20 minutes, and you, you had no time to connect with the character at all. I mean, the David, 
David Tennant's one with Vicky McClure was very... Didn't care, didn't really care, yeah. didn't really care. The only one, the Billy Piper one was the only one. I like, actually, the Jane Horrocks one was quite good. It's sort of Shirley Valentine-esque, sort of. Her sort of reassessing her life now. Her child had uh, moved on to university. My other problem with it was there was, for, you know, there was a lack of dialogue and too much blooming music. Yeah, there was a lot. Of, oh, there's a lot of music, a lot of obvious music as well, wasn't there? A lot of sort of. I mean, some of it worked like Cindy Lauper again in the. Um, oh, I can just imagine Cindy Lauper was able to actually go to the Olympics with the amount of residuals she would have got <laughs> off that. And uh, last one. Uh, for June is uh, Gordon Ramsay behind bars. Did you watch this one? I did, yeah. I what did, did you What did you think to it? He went, obviously, he went to prison to yeah. uh, teach some uh, cons to cook. Uh, well, the, and, uh, aside from the obvious Alan Partridge jokes, which cooking yeah. in prison was one of his ideas, I don't know. I kind of watched it because I like Gordon Ramsay's stuff. I didn't find it, you know, I wouldn't watch it again if they did a second series. Unless, you know, he lost an arm or something, and then that would be a bit more intrigue. But apart from that, I just, I wasn't, there wasn't that much on in June. The more I look at it, the more I realise that there wasn't that much, um, Line of Duty uh, was June. brilliant. But, and Britain in a Day, and Walking and Talking. I mean, did you enjoy, I know we've talked about it, but Blackout, I mean, I never saw that. Should I go back to that? I don't think so. I think we've had this conversation off air. Um, Have we? And you should never talk about what you talk about off air on the air. On air. Oh. Yeah. Gary's okay. Gary's trying to get in touch with us. I'm trying to connect with him. I can't yeah. seem to connect with him. But I think what we're learning is we don't really need him because we've been. <laughs> 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 That's what I've learnt. We've got. So let me have a look at this. We've now got um, five minutes left to just um, to go through July. Um, not that much in July uh, because of the uh, Olympics taking precedent, especially on BBC One. Sinbad on Sky One, just horrendous. Thelma's mm. uh, Gypsy Girls, which you oh, had God. to review. And I'm worried it will bring flashbacks. There's two here that I had to review every episode of in July. Go on. There was Thelma's Gypsy Girls, uh, which was Thelma Medine from uh, Big Gypsy Weddings uh, hiring ten uh, apprentices from the uh, travelling community to work in her uh, her uh, factory for a period that I think was about three months and see if she could offer any of them a job. And it was basically, they fought a lot. They yelled at each other. She got really upset. She left for a bit, came back, and then they all got good, and then some of them got jobs. But that took six episodes. And for me, yeah. it just It was drew six episodes too ins- long. It drove me insane. And okay. the other one on there is uh, Superstar as well. Uh, I don't know if you saw any of these. I, I did see these, and I really struggled to enjoy... I really struggled, A, to enjoy them, B, to see the point in them, and C, again, to care. Yeah, I just, I just don't know. I, I, I just don't know. I don't know why. I mean, they nicked the X Factor studio basically to do these, didn't they? It was just X Factor hosted by Amanda. What's oh, God? She was awful. The I mean, Jason Donovan, Dawn French didn't really add anything to the judging part. Mel C was was good as as the judge, even though she wasn't initially 
meant to be one of the judges. They brought her on after because she did the auditions or something like that. Uh, it was all just really like rushed. It's yeah, well, really... but again, it was just it's another example. ITV have been very lazy last year and this year with what they commissioned. I think they they saw the popularity of the BBC, similar things, and they thought that people will love this and will get some familiar faces in on the judging panel who really don't have anything to say. And it was just it was and it was on a whole week. Of course, it took up a whole week of their schedules, which is never good. I don't think, but uh, but did it do well in the end, ratings-wise? I don't even know, but it didn't make a splash. That's what I know. That's what I know for definite. Is Matt still there? Is Matt gone now? Oh, I'd be annoyed if Matt's gone now. He appears to have. Okay, that was the Custard TV podcast. You're listening to Custard TV. <laughs> I don't know where Matt's gone, and I still care. Um, that was the Custard TV Podcast review of 2012, all the way uh, from April till July. I'm a right trooper carrying on. In fact, let me do something here. Maybe it's Skype that's playing up. I don't know. That's what we used to do this. If you want to talk about any of the shows we discussed, or... Oh, Hello, I just needed someone, anyone. <laughs> They've all gone. I've only got two minutes left. Oh, man. Yeah, stay with me. Right, it's uh, the end of 2012. If you've got anything to talk about, we're going to do part three. Once I can get everyone on Skype together. Uh, that'll take us from July to December. All being well. This is the Custard TV uh, podcast. You can catch all the latest TV news from 2013 onwards at thecustardtv.com. And... Uh, Stand in for Matt. Would you like to say anything? <laughs> I I love t- telly. Oh, <laughs> I love a I love a telly. <laughs> we'll we'll get you the uh, the relevant help. All right, and CasterTV.com is the website. You can visit me on Twitter as well. Send me a message. Let me know I'm not alone. It's at LukeCasterTV, and we'll be back next time for another look at the best and worst on the box. So lonely. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.